We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, February the 18th, 2021. Today's show, another frustrating night for Gamecocks basketball as South Carolina Falls to the Tennessee Volunteers by the final score of 93-73. to I'll break down the game, guys, in its entirety. Also, baseball season is here. It's Thursday. That means we are previewing the weekend series for Gamecocks baseball as South Carolina takes on the Dayton Flyers. I'll break down the series in its entirety, guys. We'll talk Dayton, their pitching staff, their hitters also. We'll talk Gamecocks, starting rotation, what to watch for, key player this week, and I'll give my prediction much, much more as the Gamecocks begin the 2021 baseball season tomorrow afternoon at Founders Park. Also, news and notes to get into your listener questions. We got a packed show here on a Thursday, guys. Sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success, guys. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I ask you guys this. Who is the insane one here in this scenario? Is it Frank Martin? Is it Gamecock fans? Is it me recording my podcast, watching the games, maybe hoping and thinking something different will happen other than what we already know is most likely set to occur when it comes to Gamecocks basketball. Guys, hope you're all doing well. By the way, happy Thursday. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show as always. Right now, it is 11.57 p.m. here on this Wednesday night. But hey, we love it. That's what you get when you get a 9 o'clock tip. You got a late podcast, but we love it. We got a lot to get into. As you guys, I want to jump out in front of this. As you guys may have noticed, no guest interview today. I actually had two interviews scheduled for Wednesday. Both of my guests push back to tomorrow. So we will have a special opening day interview for the Friday podcast. And of course, next week, we'll go back to normal Monday and Thursday. But wanted to keep you guys updated in case you're wondering, Chris, where is the interview? No interview today. That interview will be airing tomorrow as a special opening day interview. So I want to jump out in front of that, let you guys know. But uh, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the love, support, sharing the content, consuming the content, showing love to the content. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot say it enough and express how grateful I am to you guys. Now that we've gotten all the positivity out of the way, and again, we do have a great show today. We're talking basketball, of course. We're talking baseball as we sit now. Guys, opening day is tomorrow. We made it. We made it. Opening day is tomorrow for Gamecocks baseball. I'll break down the series against Dayton. And guys, again, if you have not heard, to let you know, now that we're kicking off baseball season, that's exactly how things are going to go. Mondays, I will do series recaps. Thursdays, I will do series previews for all the series. And of course, that's subject to change because you have some series where it's Thursday through Saturday instead of Friday through Sunday. Um, So you guys will roll the punches for sure. But to let you know, that's going to be the schedule for the foreseeable future. So something to look forward to, of course, on Thursdays. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into it. And again, I don't know that I have a ton to say in regards to the Gamecocks basketball game. South going to fall into Tennessee 93-73. to And guys, yes, this is a game that I picked South going to lose by 25 points. And damn it, I, I, I was almost right. I was pretty damn close to being right. Um, South kind of falling by 20 points. You know, I'll start with the positives. I'll go ahead and knock out the positives. A.J. Lawson, 20 points on the night in 28 minutes. Had 20 points, four rebounds. Um, you know, you take a look. Keyshawn Bryant with 15 points. Had, to, had some highlight dunks, if you will. And I, I will say this. I thought early on, at least, South Carolina came out and played inspired, played motivated, played fired up, played with a lot of intensity and energy. You know, I didn't think at any point in this game that South Carolina would have a lead. I I didn't think they'd have a lead at any point in this game. And they did it early on, which I was shocked. You know, South Carolina was shooting the lights out and, uh, you know, it was paying off early. But sort of what we all expected to happen, what I thought would happen, did. And that's that South Carolina wore down. You know, we, we, again, we knew this was going to be a challenge coming in without 
Manaya without Kuznard. And yes, I know those guys have been very hot and cold, especially a guy like Jermaine Kuznard. Been very, very hot and cold. Been very up and down. But just from the sheer numbers perspective and having depth and having bodies, you know, I think it really, really, really hurts you. Not to have those guys. By the way, tip of the cap to TJ Moss. 15 points on the night for him. 3 of 5 from 3. 6 of 11 from the field. He had a good game. I know TJ Moss is a guy that, you know, gets some criticism from fans. Hey, how about the free throw shooting? 92% from the uh, from the free throw line. 11 of 12 on free throws. Which South kind of continues to just get destroyed at the free throw line in regards to attempts. Gamecocks attempted 12 free throws. Tennessee attempted 26. And, you know, for whatever reason, this Frank Martin defensive-minded, quote-unquote, squad continues to get abused on the defensive side of the ball. Tennessee shot 54%. From the field. They went 32 of 59. Shot 54%, guys. 54%. Again, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of this game. And, you know, I mean, really, I could have just had a two-second recap on this game. Hey, we're not very good. Let's move on. But I will say this. And listen, Frank Martin, love Frank Martin. Think he's a great basketball coach. He's getting a pass this year because of COVID. Let's just call for what it is. And the only thing that we can all hope right now as Gamecock basketball fans is that the three games that got postponed early on in the season, just pray to God and keep your fingers crossed we don't have to make those up. Because I tell you what, there's four games left in the season, and I'll be honest, I'm counting them down. I have no interest in adding three more games to this schedule. I don't want to watch this team seven more times. I really don't want to watch them four more times, to be totally honest with you. I really don't. Am I going to? Yes, because I'm a sick and twisted individual in the head. And that leads me to do such things that are that are painful and inflict pain on myself. Do I want to, though? No, but inevitably, I will. But make no mistake, again, it, it's not, you know, even the most garnet glasses Gamecock fan who doesn't want to say a single negative word about Frank Martin, I think, would agree. A, a pass to Gamecocks basketball is being given this season because of the COVID stuff, because of what happened early in the season, because of the lack of practice. Now, blah, 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 blah. We get it. I will say this, though. This point of the Frank Martin era feels eerily similar to the end of the Muschamp era in Columbia. Think about it now. Think about what I'm saying. It feels eerily similar, and I am not comparing the two in regards to coaching prowess. Because, listen, the difference in those two scenarios is this. I don't think Muschamp is a good head football coach. I think most people think that way. Granted, I think the guy knows football, and I think he'll have success. You know, he's at Georgia now. He knows football. He knows the game but not a good head football coach. I think that's been proven. I don't think that's the case with Frank Martin. Like, I think he's a good head basketball coach. 
For whatever reason, though, things have not worked out at South Carolina, at least the way that we all hoped they would, especially since the Final Four run. But you think about it at the end. What were the characteristics of Will Muschamp and his teams towards the end there? A defensive-minded head coach whose teams were playing ass defense. Hey, look at Carolina basketball. Can't stop anybody. And then the one that the thing that really hit me was Tuesday in Frank Martin's media availability. When he was asked about fan frustration, and this is something Muschamp loved to do, was when he was asked about fan frustration, you know what, you know what Muschamp did in year five? He cited, oh, well, we won this many games in the first three years, and it was the most in school history, and this is what our offense did in the first three years, and, you know, this is what we did last year. This is what this person did last year. Trying to reassure people of the, the program and their status as head coach with past successes that had nothing to do with the present moment. And you heard Frank Martin do that too. You did. And use, and listen, I understand COVID has been an issue. This is a wacky year of college basketball. I totally get it. But it's like we said after the Florida game. When you beat Florida on the road, okay, you beat the Gators. You've shown us what type of team this is, what type of talent, what type of athletes there are. You can't use COVID as an excuse anymore. Yes, COVID has played a major part in this season. But you can't use it as an excuse the entire year, can you? Like, what is the excuse right now for this team? It's not COVID. I tell you, it's, it's not COVID. It's not COVID. And I hate to say that this team has, has quit, because, like, I don't think they have. I just think they're not very good. Like, this is, a, this is a bad team, guys. This is a bad basketball team. Very bad. Again, I know there's some of you in here that are some of you listening that you know, our, our, our diehard Garnet Glasses Gamecock fans, and that's totally fine, but this is a bad basketball team. There's no sugarcoating it. No sugarcoating it at all. And again, like I said early in the season, I, I don't think this is this is disrespectful to Martin or this is not me saying fire Frank Martin. I, I, I still sit here right now after that terrible loss to Tennessee, which again, I expected. I think anybody that was expecting South Carolina to go out there and get a W, just wishful thinking. You know what I mean? Just, just flat out wishful thinking. I still sit here and say, I'm not saying fire Frank Martin. I still sit here and say, I think firing Frank Martin right now in the midst of this pandemic-driven season accomplishes nothing. I don't think it really accomplishes anything if you're South Carolina. But what I think does need to happen is this. And, and we're getting towards the end of the Martin era, there's no question. I'd be shocked if he's the head coach here in three years with the way things are going right now. What has to happen is Bob Caslin, Ray Tanner, this offseason, they've got to sit down with Frank Martin and say, look, Frank, we love you. We appreciate you what, you, what you've done for Gamecocks basketball. We truly do appreciate it. We know you were affected by COVID last season. Heck, you had it twice. Thank you for your make, the sacrifices you made battling through that. 
being there for the university, for your players, for the fan base, for everyone. Thank you for what you did. Now, let's talk about the two this this upcoming 2021-2022 season. Because obviously, even with all that being said, the results last season were nowhere near what we all hoped. And here we are in year 10. We have set minimum expectations, minimum standards. We've set goals. And if these goals are not achieved, and that goal will be and should be to make the NCAA tournament. There's no gray area. It's black or white. And if you don't make it, I think it's best for both parties that we go our separate ways. And I think that's the conversation that Bob Casson and Ray Tanner need to have with Frank Martin before next season. Because if South Carolina doesn't make the tournament next season, I will help Frank Martin pack his bags. Like I said, I'm not going to be the fire Frank Martin guy right now. I don't think firing him amidst the pandemic is the right move. But again, I will go ahead and tell you guys right now and get on record that if South Carolina misses the postseason next year, and the second it's evident they're going to miss the postseason, I'm out. I'm out on Martin. I'll be right there leading the charge of the fire Frank Martin charge. I I just, you know, 10 years is long enough. You know what I mean? 10 years. And again, because you've reached a point of nobody gives a damn about Carolina basketball anymore. Nobody. Apathy has fully set in. I mean, you think it doesn't frustrate me? I don't enjoy saying that, by the way. Hey, guess what? Not to be selfish and make this about me. Heck, I run a business that centers around the Gamecocks. You think I want people to feel apathetic? To not care? That's the opposite of what I want them to think. I mean, heck, I kind of got to sit here and say, hey, for my business, would it be better for me to be the fire frame Martin guy? At least it would get people fired up. At least it'd get them going. So, I mean, listen, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. Because, again, I don't think that's the solution right now. But, like, man, the apathy is painful. It's painful to watch, painful to see. Again, I don't know. I don't know. You got four SEC games left. You pray to God you don't have to make up the games you missed in the beginning of the year. Because, like I said, and I I will say that I think that the early season proclamations of, oh, this season's a wash, this season's a wash, may have been one of the worst things that could have happened. The Gamecocks basketball, because, damn, it it, it certainly does feel like we're playing that way. It certainly feels like we're playing the way of, oh, we we feel like it's just a wash. So, you know, the game went exactly basically how I expected. You know, I predicted a 25-point loss. You lost by 20. So, um Just another tough night to be a Gamecocks basketball fan. I mean, really all you can say, um, you got Missouri on Saturday. And, you know, again, thank God opening day is tomorrow. That's the real big thing. Thank God that opening day is tomorrow to take our attention off of this travesty, this this embarrassment, I'll be honest with you. That that is Gamecocks basketball right now. It's it's brutal. (laughs) 
it's brutal. And again, I, you guys are right there with me. You know, I, I watched every single second of that game. And, uh, man, it's just tough. Just really, really tough to <laughs> to go through that, to be honest. So, either way, Gamecocks falling again to Tennessee, 93-73. And like I said, guys, opening day is tomorrow. So, without further ado, let, let's move into something a little bit more positive, something that will put a smile on our face, and that is that baseball season starts tomorrow. And with that fact being known, we're breaking down the Dayton series. Dayton Flyers coming into town to Founders Park from the A-10 their head coach, Jason King, leading the charge. Obviously, the season cut short last year. Dayton went 6-8 and eight in their 14 games. Went 6-8 and eight in their 14 games. They are picked to finish third in the A-10 this season by D1Baseball.com. Now, diving into Dayton a little bit deeper, we'll talk pitching and hitting first. We'll start on the mound with the pitchers, they return with a 1.57 staff ERA from last season. And again, these numbers are definitely skewed because there were only 14 games that they played. But we're going to go off the numbers from last year, 1.57 staff ERA. Uh, two big guys in the bullpen, by the way, Zapka and Helgith. Zapka, uh, their closer, Helgith, their setup man, a very dynamic duo at the back end of their bullpen. Both guys throwing low to mid-90s. Apparently, Dayton, their coaching staff, really likes those guys in the back end of the bullpen. So if at any point this 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 series, this weekend, if you see Dayton with a lead at any point, you're probably going to see Zapka or Helgith or maybe both come in the game for the Flyers. Let's take a look at their starting rotation. Friday, they'll roll out left-handed pitcher Hunter Wolf. Um, in 2020, a year ago, went 1-1 one one with a 3.10 ERA. A guy, again, crafty lefty, high 80s, low 90s. Uh, throws a lot of junk, but someone that apparently the Dayton staff likes a lot. He'll lead the charge on Friday. Saturday, they'll hand the ball to Ryan and pitcher Cole Pletka. Last season went 2-2 two and two with a 5.59 ERA, the righty. And then Sunday, another lefty, left the pitcher Ben Olsen, went 1-1 one one last year with a 4.15 ERA. So, again, kind of an interesting matchup for South Carolina hitters this weekend in the sense that it's right, you know, South Carolina's lineup, it's no secret, is very, very righty heavy. So I wonder, you know, how much that could actually benefit the Gamecocks facing lefties. Um, again, not, not many staffs have two lefties in the weekend rotation, but Dayton, one of the few that does feature. So uh, moving to the hitters for the Dayton Flyers. A year ago, 272 team average, hit 11 home runs in 14 games last season. Moving into the players to watch for for Dayton, uh, at least the hitters, you know, concerned. Riley Tarota, really fantastic player. D1 Baseball ranked him as the second best 2021 prospect in the A-10, uh, a guy that's going to compete for player of the year in that conference. Um, you know, somebody that, I know, again, I know the guys at D1Baseball.com and I as well are really, really high on. But, uh, you know, you take a look at him. Kind of struggled out the gate last year, but in 2019 hit 260 with five home runs, 14 doubles, 6'3", 195. He is a guy that's going to be a professional baseball player, guys, no question. You also take a look at Alex Brickman. Had three home runs a year ago, led their team big basher in the middle of that Flyers lineup. And then Ben Blackwell, a guy that plays third base for the Flyers, 275 hitter, but what jumped out to me was in 14 games, five for five. Five for five in stolen bases last season. So, a speed demon on the bases, 
and somebody certainly the Gamecocks will have to watch for in regards to if he gets on the base pass, a guy like Colin Burgess is going to have to be on his game this weekend uh, if Blackwell makes his way down the first base. Let's take a look at South Carolina. Look internally. The rotation, as we know, Mark King's going to roll out right-handed pitcher Thomas Farr on Friday, right-handed pitcher Brandon Jordan on Saturday, and on Sunday, the lefty Julian Bosnick getting his first weekend start. And what to watch for on opening weekend, what to watch for in this Dayton series against the Flyers, guys. And the first thing to watch for for me is opening weekend. Hey, it's opening weekend, guys. So, God, I'm so happy. I'm so happy baseball is back. I, I cannot express to you guys just how ecstatic I am. You know, after losing baseball last year, after just 16 games, and again, I'll, I'll never forget where I was when I got the call and heard the news and we found out everything that, you know, the SEC baseball season had been postponed and eventually canceled and, and losing the entire season. You know, not that we took it for granted before, but I think there's a lot of us that, you know, have a newfound appreciation for the game. I think there's a lot of us that have a newfound appreciation for it and and, and getting, getting back out there, watching the boys, watching the Gamecocks on the diamond. Um Man, it's just truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. Also for opening weekend, how many, how much of opening weekend jitters do we see? Because again, you know, there's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be guys um, really fired up with the butterflies, if you will, new guys making their debuts, or maybe guys even returners. That you know, you you always get that opening day feeling. You know what I mean? You always have that feeling in your stomach on opening day. It's a big day, no matter what. Even COVID, non-COVID, packed house, not a packed house, whatever it is. Opening weekend is very special. And, hey, it's a weekend. You never know what might happen. You, you truly never know what might happen on opening weekend. Uh, another thing to watch for for me, Thomas Farr making his Friday debut. And, of course, he'll be the opening day starter for South Carolina. His first game starting on a Friday. Again, that is an honor. That is an honor to be the Friday starter for South Carolina. Um, that's a big deal. You know, you think about the guys that have been the Friday starters in, in Columbia. You know, some of the legends that have rolled through South Carolina. I mean, I, I think to Clark Schmidt, Michael Roth, Blake Cooper. You know, Sam Dyson started on Fridays. Kip Balknight. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking some legends. And now Thomas Farr getting his, his opportunity in his first Friday game. How does he handle the stage? How does he handle that opportunity? Obviously looking to get off to a good start for the Gamecocks this year. Another thing I'll be watching for. Sticking with the pitching staff. How about Julian Bosnick on Sunday making his first weekend start? I, I personally am keeping a very close eye on that Sunday role. Because, again, guys, I told you, with the starting rotation, I feel good about all three of these guys with Farr, Jordan, and Bosnick. I feel like you can roll those guys out there weekend after weekend and, and, and compete with anybody you play against. But rarely, rarely does a baseball team, does a college baseball team go through an entire season and end the season with the same exact weekend rotation that they started with. So how does Julian Bosnick fare? Because definitely to me, he's the wild card in that weekend rotation. I think we both we all expect both Far and Jordan to be very solid for you this year, if not better. Bosnick's the one where I'm like, okay, what's this kid going to give us? What should we expect from this kid? 
So that to me is one I'll be interesting to see. How does he fare in that Sunday slot on opening weekend? Another thing to watch for, Mark Kingston, the lineup shuffling. How many different lineups, how many different guys do we see plugged in this weekend? Do we see three different lineups on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Of course, the matchups will change because Dayton going lefty, righty, lefty, those matchups will change. You know, I feel pretty good about the opening day lineup that I put out a couple of days ago. But I think you're going to see the mixing and matching happening this weekend. Because, listen, you don't have time this season to, oh, let's just get our feet wet and we'll, you know, we'll play these guys here and we'll put these guys in late, no, whatever. No, bro, you got Clemson next weekend. The Clemson series is next weekend. Then you got Mercer. Then you got Texas. Then you start SEC play. So I think a lot of the shuffling, a lot of the opportunities that Mark Kingston wants to give guys, I think you're probably going to see it happen this weekend. But I'm curious, just how much does the lineup shuffle? How, how much do we see maybe some younger guys get in, guys that are battling for spots, I think specifically at the center field position? You know, I think Braylon Wimber is going to be your opening day starter, but, you know, when do we see Noah Myers? When, when if, do we see Brandon Fields? You know? When do guys like Michael Robinson and Joe Satterfield and Josiah Seitler and, and Jalen Vasquez, do we see them over the weekend? Because I think ideally the perfect scenario, the dream scenario for Mark Kingston is you win all three games and you're able to cycle in a bunch of different guys and get their feet wet and give them opportunities to get their first collegiate at-bats in or get their first collegiate innings in or whatever it might be. So how much does the lineup shuffle on opening weekend. I think a big storyline to watch for there as well. Uh, another thing to watch for, I'm interested to see. So normally early in the season, you know, you hear this a lot, especially at the pro game, the pitching's ahead of the hitting. Pitching's ahead of the hitting. And that's normally the case, right? The pitchers get out there. They're ready to go. Hitters, their timing hasn't quite caught up. Um, the, 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 the timing's not quite there early in the season. Again, like I said, guys, you don't really have that adjustment period this season. You, you got to get it going quick. So something I'm watching for opening weekend, is the pitching that far ahead of the hitting, or will it be vice versa? You know, do we see a lot of runs scored this weekend on both sides? How much further, if further at all, is the pitching ahead of the hitting? And my final thing I'm watching for this weekend, guys, and something I'm very happy and excited to announce, I will be at all three games this weekend at Founders Park. God, and it feels so good to say that. I'm, I'm very excited. So if you're going to be there, yours truly will be in attendance. Um, but what I'm looking for is what is the atmosphere going to be like at Founders Park with the whole COVID deal going on because only 2100 fans are allowed in um you know only 2100 so what is the atmosphere going to be like at founders park yes it's going to be different yes it's going to be a little bit weird but i can tell you guys this i cannot wait to step foot in founders park tomorrow like i cannot i cannot stress to you guys i cannot words don't do justice just how ready i am to step foot in Founders Park tomorrow afternoon. Just cannot wait. So if you're going to be there, 
Let me know. Say what's up. I'll be there at all three games. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um, all right, let's move into key player of the weekend. Who is going to be the key player this weekend with the Gamecocks? For me, you know, I, I take a look. I feel pretty good about the pitching side of things. I think your starting rotation will have a lot of success. Um, feel good about the bullpen. I look at this lineup. The Gamecocks need to hit opening weekend. Like I said, normally pitching is ahead of hitting early on. But you got to get the bats going. I think you got to get the bats going early. And the guy for me, that the key player for the weekend is Gamecocks outfielder Brady Allen. And a guy that I expect to be in the two-hole two for South Carolina. If not there, I think he may be leading off. But I look at a guy like Brady Allen as this, because I think Brady gets sort of lost in the shuffle when you talk about the Brendan Malones and the Eisters and the Clarks and the Mendums and, the, and you know, everybody else, right? All these power bats, whatever. I really look at Brady Allen as sort of the catalyst of that USC lineup. I, I think he's the leader of the Gamecocks lineup for sure. And I kind of see it this season that this lineup's going to sort of go as he goes. Really, I, I just I think he is that that spark plug at the top of the lineup. Again, a guy that is basically an automatic three-two count when he steps in the box has tremendous plate, plate discipline, tremendous vision, works the count and works pitchers extremely well. And again, I think he sort of sets the tone at the top of that lineup, and I expect him to set the tone this weekend as well. So again, my key player this weekend against Dayton, South Carolina right fielder Brady Allen. And that leads us into our prediction. My prediction for opening weekend. Listen, you know, not to sound too much like coach speak. But I really do believe, and I know this team thinks this way as well, you take it game by game. You take it game by game, you know, one game at a time mentality, one series at a time mentality. And your number one goal and your number one objective is to win series, right? That, that, that's, that's the goal. If you win every series you play, hey, you're a damn good baseball team. And your record's going to reflect that. And, you know, again, as fans, we can look ahead, right? We can look ahead to, oh, this series, that series, whatever. How does that set up? How does this shape out? Whatever. The team is not doing that, nor should they be. But I will say this. When you look ahead at South on a schedule, and you look at some of the – and we all know the schedule's daunting, right? We're going to know a lot about this baseball team – after the first month concludes with series like Clemson, Mercer, Texas, Vandy, Florida. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a legit schedule. And with that being said, I, I really believe with, with the, when you factor in the SEC gauntlet and your other non-conference series, this is a series that I think you have to take advantage of. You need to sweep. Bottom line, you need to sweep. Now, if you win two of three, I'm not saying the season's over, obviously. Hey, the goal is to win every series. But you need to take advantage when you have the opportunity playing a lesser opponent. With all due respect to Dayton, if there's any Dayton fans tuned in, I'd mean no disrespect. But this is a team South Carolina on paper should handle. No question. I think give credit to the Dayton Flyers. I think give credit to the program 
that Jason King has built, you know, I, I think overall they're a solid ball club. I think they're a really solid ball club in the A-10. But simply put, you are the 18th ranked South Carolina Gamecocks. You are a top 20 preseason team for a reason. You have the deepest pitching staff you've had in years in Columbia. And you've got a lineup that one through nine can beat you. And hell, two through seven can take you yard. I expect South Carolina to flex their muscles this weekend a bit. I think you're going to see a team that, again, not that anybody took it for granted last year, but with an, e- an even, even greater appreciation of the game and getting the opportunity to play the game, I think you're going to see a team that is elated to play baseball, that is chomping at the bit to get out there and, and, and start this journey in this 2021 baseball season. I think the Gamecocks can come out motivated, inspired, chomping at the bit to get going. I expect three good outings from your starting pitchers, especially Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan. I think they will dice up this Dayton lineup. And I think overall, South Carolina will do enough at the plate. I do. I think the Gamecocks will do enough at the plate. I think we will see more than a few home runs fly out of Founders Park from the boys in Garnet and Black. And I do think the Gamecocks will sweep the Dayton Flyers on opening weekend. That is my prediction for opening weekend. I think the Gamecocks sweep to start off the 2021 baseball season. Like I said, you're better on paper. You're the better baseball team with all due respect to Dayton. This is a series South Carolina should win, can win, and will win, in my opinion. And I think the Gamecocks will win all three games against the Dayton Flyers. So, again, I'll be there all three games as well. If you're going to be in the park, let me know. We'd love to meet up, talk Gamecocks, whatever. But very, very excited as South Carolina takes on Dayton. And by the way, the schedule, guys. Uh, they'll take them on tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 1, and Sunday at noon. All three games being streamed on SEC Network Plus if you cannot be there in attendance. So, again, very excited. Baseball season is finally here, guys. We finally made it um, and should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun this week. And All right, before we wrap up, news and notes, and then we'll get into your listener questions, guys. Uh, quick note on the football side of things. There was some football news that dropped on Wednesday afternoon as Carlins Platel commits to the Gamecocks. Grad transfer from defensive to Assumption College in Massachusetts. He is a defensive back. Um, so Shane Beamer and company picking up their eighth player from the transfer portal. Overall, you know, listen, it's a position you need depth. You know, I had somebody DM me uh, earlier on Wednesday right after it happened and say, Chris, or, you know, I don't want to hype up this guy. I don't want to get crazy. You know, set the expectations unrealistic, whatever. You know, are you hyping him up? How do you feel? And, you know, with all due respect to the kid, my response is pretty simple. Like, I'm not hyping him up at all, you know. I'm not hyping him up. Hey, if he can play, he can play. If he can ball, he can ball. I trust in Beamer. I'm I'm all aboard the Shane train. And, you know, I, I think the biggest positive is this. Defensive back is a position that you need bodies. You simply need depth. That That's the biggest thing. You need depth. You, you need bodies. And 
Carlin Splatel gives you that. So, Kenny Ball, is he a legit player? Big jump from D2 to D1, especially in the SEC. Just ask Jalen Brooks. Hey, we'll find out if he can ball real quick. But either way, uh, you fill out this class. You get your eighth player from the transfer portal. You know, hey, did this is a kid that did pick up an offer from Mississippi State. So, obviously had some big-time interest. And again, it's at a position of need. You need to fill out that position. So, overall, I think a solid pickup. And like I said, in Beamer, we trust. Um, another quick note, back on the baseball side of things, Wes Clark named preseason All-American by the NCBWA. So, the accolades continue to roll in for him. And also, the TV schedule for South Carolina Baseball Drops. You can find that on our social media pages as well. Um, I think it was nine games are going to be on the SEC Family and Networks, and 38 games will be streamed on SEC Network Plus. So the biggest crime, though, in all of it is that the none of the games from the South Carolina Clemson series made the Family of Networks. It, it's baffling. Friday, I think they said, is ACC Network Extra, and then Saturday and Sunday, SEC Network Plus. I mean, but still, the best rivalry in all college baseball does not make I don't know. It, it just blows my mind. All right. Let's move into your listener questions and we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, we'll start with D Bush underscore. Chris, I need you to do this one. Biggest attribute the men's basketball team is missing. <sighs> defense. I mean, just flat out defense. Can't guard anybody, can't stop anybody. You, you, you're you're nobody can win a basketball game when you give up 54% shooting to the opponent. Nobody. You can't overcome that. It's impossible. Hunter Rogers, 0-2. How will Jack Mahoney contribute to the team on the mound in the lineup? I think Mahoney will contribute definitely. Uh, I, I think, you know, starting out, he's going to be a guy that pitches in the midweek for sure. Um, I expect him to get an opportunity to start a couple midweek games and, you know, probably fill in uh, coming behind Jeff Heinrich. You know, I, I, I think he'll be more of a pitcher than a hitter, but definitely a youngster that I expect to see, you know, kind of burst on the scene a little bit for the Gamecocks. And I think this is a guy you're talking about in Jack Mahoney, probably a future weekend starter for you. So I'm sure they want to get his feet wet, get him some innings. You're definitely going to see him, I think, pitch in the midweek for sure. Uh, Krusty Andy, men's basketball let me down. Football let me down. Why will baseball be different? Krusty, that's a great question. You know, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but just simply look at this ball club. You know, um, I do not pair baseball with the struggles of football and basketball because baseball is unlike those two. Baseball has real winning tradition. Baseball has reasons to be optimistic. You know, I, I know Gamecock fans are down and out right now, and woe is me, and, and, you know, people feel like the chicken curse is alive and well. And I don't hardly blame you, to be totally honest, but... No, I listen, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this baseball team. Like I said, pitching staff is as deep as it's been in years. I love this lineup. I love the mix of power, veteran guys, newcomers, you know, power and speed. You've got that power and athleticism, if you will. I, I'm I'm and hey, you got a little hype. You're preseason top 20. You can't say that about football and you can't say that about basketball. Like not just me. Like, if you don't want to take my word for it, fine. You think, oh, he's a Gamecock fan. He's going to – if you don't want to take my word for it, fine. 
Go check out what the dudes at D1Baseball.com are saying. Go check out what the dudes over these other publications are saying. Like, it's a good ball club with a lot of potential. I'm not guaranteeing you it's going to turn out how we all want it, but it's there. You know what I mean? The pieces are there to be successful. Ben. Cunningham, 16. Player comparisons to 2011-2010. You know, <clears throat> until they play a game, man, it, it's tough to say. It, it's tough to, I, you know, it, I, I can't answer that. It, it's just tough to say. I mean, you're talking about guys in 10 and 11 that were national champions, you know. So, I don't want to disrespect any of those guys by making any, you know, I'll just say unfair comparisons, if you will. So, maybe later in the season we can do that. Mason underscore crow, Mason underscore crow 48. Why is there so much hate for Kingston when he's recruited so well and had two seasons, LOL? And Mason, I'm LOLing right there with you, my friend, because I don't know. It's the unfair standard that baseball is held to. And again, it's wild because the same people that wanted Muschamp back for a fifth year and that think, Frank Martin needs a lifetime contract. Those same people want Kingston fired right now. And it's like, guys, think about this. He's had three seasons in Columbia. The first one, they went to a damn super regional. Okay? They were a game away from Omaha. The second season, it went extremely poorly. Nobody's debating that. Nobody's denying that. You lost your ace. You lost your... your, uh, your, your, your you know, your horse, if you will, and Carmen Majinski. And, and that season went down the tube. And then last season, yes, there were some struggles early, but you were 12-4. and four. You were hitting your stride going into SEC play, and we'll never know. I think that would have been a tournament team. I mean, I, I just, the energy is not kept consistent across all sports. That's what pisses me off, Mason. That's what pisses me off. The energy's not consistent. Anyone saying right now today that Mark Kingston should be fired is a... I almost said something I shouldn't have said. I almost said something I should... Those people, though, are, are, are delusional. They're stupid. They're just stupid. They're dumb. They, they just want to hear themselves talk. They just want to be pissed off. Now... If you go miss the postseason this year, by all means, raise the red flag. I'll be doing it right there with you. But, and I, I think it's a minority. But yeah, the, the people that hate on Kingston, I, I don't, I don't know, Mason. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't, I don't get it. Because again, I mean, man, Frank Martin is 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 revered like a freaking saint around here. I mean, he, he is he is he is untouchable, damn near. But Mark Kingston's, you know, people want him fired going in the fourth season? I don't know, man. Blows my mind. All right, last question on a fun note. Saltwater Swag says, what's the best barbecue in Columbia? See, it's tough for me to answer because I haven't had them all. But I got to tell you, man, nothing hits the spot like that Palmetto Pig. Nothing hits the spot like that Palmetto Pig buffet. My goodness. I'm all about no free ads, but my Lord, that Palmetto Pig slaps. So, 
hey, I guess give me Palmetto Pig, man, for my favorite barbecue in Columbia. So, hey, guys, appreciate the listener questions. This has been a lot of fun. Um, really excited, obviously, for opening day tomorrow. Uh, we'll have the Daily Crow, of course, today, tomorrow. No pregame shows or anything this weekend. Um, not going to do a pregame and postgame show for every single baseball game for, like, obvious reasons. Um, that's subject to change, though. We might do, like, pregame stuff before, like, the Clemson games and stuff like that, but at least this weekend I will be at all three games. So not going to do any type of pregame or postgame shows there, but uh, just stay tuned for all these content, guys. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Appreciate the love. Again, thank you so much for the love, support, sharing the content, consuming the content, showing love to the content. It means the world to me. You guys are what make this thing go. So again, happy Thursday. Hope you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.